Hey folks, welcome to Machinery Pete Podcast, episode number 13. I want to thank you for dropping by and spending some time with us, and also big thanks and shout out to our sponsor at Case IH for making this possible. Stop in and visit your local Case IH dealer, check out their new farm equipment products, and most likely your local Case IH dealer has a great winter service uh, program for you to get you ready to roll here when spring comes around and it's time to plant. We got a fun show for you today. Uh, last week, week ago Friday, we were out in Ohio filming for our Machinery Pete TV show, farm auction in Wilmington, Ohio, by my friend Kevin Went with the Went Group. <clears throat> now, all these years, 30 years, I've been covering auctions. We work with about 1,100, because it's over 1,100 auction companies. Now, I got to tell you, there, there are some auctioneers that are kind of just top of the list, fun to listen to. And Kevin Went has always been at the top of my list. He just does a great job. And he has an awesome team there. And the day before the auction last week, I sat down with Kevin in his office and we had just a really fun conversation. Kevin uh, is a Hall of Fame auctioneer in the state of Ohio. I think he was inducted in 2015. Long, successful career selling all kinds, you know, all kinds of auctions, uh, particularly strong on the livestock side, uh, show pigs, actually. Uh, he and his wife, Megan, own the website showpig.com, and we'll talk with Kevin about that, an amazing enterprise they've built out. But uh, Kevin with the Went Group, in just a few years, I think they started just four or five years ago, man, they've built out a great auction team. And um, that sale a week ago, Friday in Wilmington, maybe you saw the YouTube video, folks, uh, was a sale for Kenny Beam. Uh, Kenny had an incredible collection of John Deere 20 and 30 series tractors. You can just hop out to YouTube, just type machine repeat. You'll see our channel come up and then look for the uh, January 10th auction, Wilmington, Ohio. Uh, a couple highlights. That was a 1974 John Deere 4230, just over $5,200. That went for 19.5, very strong. Also a 74 model John Deere 4430, 6,200 plus hours, went for 18,000, very strong. Probably my favorite item on the wholesale, though, is a John Deere 290 two-row planter that Kevin sold. 2050 bucks, Just incredible. Second highest one I've ever seen sold at auction. So on the YouTube video, you can watch that baby sell. Now, there was also on that sale a 74 model John Deere 7520, four-wheel drive, just under uh, $9,900 on it. Went for twelve k And if you caught the blog I posted this week, really cool story. That tractor was purchased by a couple from New York, Tony and Marsha Tremblay, from way up in northern New York. They drove 11 plus hours to the sale. And that was the 120 series John Deere tractor they were missing from their collection, which now numbers 127 John Deere tractors. And Marsha showed me a picture on her phone. And I said, Marsha, you got to send me this picture. Unbelievable. They lined these tractors up. You know, the line was so long, it bent with the horizon. And the last tractor on the line was a 72 model John Deere 7020 four-wheel drive. And on top of it, they put a 1972 John Deere 500 snowmobile. Uh, the Tromblays also collect me. They got like 40 John Deere sleds. So it was really fun. You can check out that blog, folks. Um, but again, it's so much fun when I go out to these auctions. You find so many stories. Now, back to the Went Group. They've been awfully busy. In fact, they had a great sale a week ago Wednesday. It was January 15th in uh, Greenfield, Ohio. It was a state sale for Gary Cockrell II. 
And you might have caught the YouTube video here that I posted of, of Kevin and team selling a 2002 John Deere 9224 wheel drive, 3,085 hours, had to three point and 1,000 PTO. So it was low hours, you know, pushing 20 years old, sharp as a pin. That thing sold for 115,000 bucks. Highest auction price on a Deere 9224 wheel drive in exactly five years. Had to go back to January 31st of 15. There's a sale in Northeast Missouri, a 2007 model. It's just under $2,900, went for $117.5. So again, the Wendt Group has been rocking it there. Now, before we get to the interview with Kevin, we need to do our Spotlight Tractor of the Week. And this, we're going to focus on a tractor that Kevin and the Wendt Group have on an upcoming auction, February 3rd, Monday, February 3rd in Sunbury, Ohio. This is a farm auction for Brad and Julie DeBolt. Really nice line of equipment. Check it out, folks. Their website is thewentgroup.com. Again, it's February 3rd. Now, on the sale is a Case H 9374 wheel drive tractor. And the Case made these things, Case H, just a couple years back in the late 90s. So it's just over 20 years old at this point. And this thing has 4,622 hours on it, power shift, uh, nice looking tractor. Now, from my angle, the average auction price on a Case IH9370, the last couple of years, kind of been running right in the mid-30s range, 35, 36, 37,000. Now, the two highest uh, 9370s that I've seen sold at auction uh, the past couple of years, uh, we had one at 59,000 and one at 65K. Now, the one at 59K was just recently. That was December 19th, 2019, an auction in Grundy Center, Iowa, by our friends at the Steffes Group. That was a 97 model. I had 8,788 hours on it. Power shift, and it did have the 1,000 PTO. So it was what people wanted. And again, that brought 59,000 bucks. So it'll be interesting Monday, February 3rd, to see what Kevin and the Wendt Group there can get for that 9370 with 4,622 hours. All right, now let's go to my interview that I recorded a week ago uh, Thursday with Kevin Wentz sitting in their office in Plain City, Ohio, talking about Kevin's career in the auction business and how they've built out their company, the Wendt Group, and also showpig.com, just an amazing industry-leading website for show, show pigs and livestock. Just incredible. We plant corn in Iowa, spray soybeans in Illinois. We pull calves in Kansas, farrow hogs in Minnesota, we raise rice in Arkansas, rye in Canada, and wheat everywhere in between. We farm millions of acres across North America and build every piece of Case IH equipment. Built by farmers, for farmers. Case IH, rethink productivity. Well, folks, a uh, real treat here. I'm, I'm actually in Plain City, Ohio with my guest, Kevin Wendt, owner of the Wendt Group, Kevin. Always great to see you, my friend. Yeah, appreciate it, Pete. I'm excited to visit with you today and uh, hopefully have a great auction tomorrow. Yeah, we're filming for our Machinery PTV show tomorrow down by Wilmington. Uh, sale with some John Deere 20 and 30 series tractors. By the time you are listening to this episode, folks, you maybe can just hop out on YouTube and watch Kevin and his team sell this stuff. Should be a, could be a hot sale tomorrow. Yeah, I hope so. I think with, uh, with the lineup we got, of course, it's green and good, and so it should be a lot of fun. Well, um, yeah, let's just talk a little bit here, Kevin. I, I've been a big fan of how you built out the business. Um, now, you have a long history on the auction side, but the Wendt Group, mm -hmm. your company, you actually started that, what was it, like 
five years ago or something? Yeah, we, yeah, we basically started our land and ag division uh, where we mainly focus on farm equipment, farm machinery, fertilizer equipment, the and ag, and we started that in uh, 2014. 2014, okay. And now how many, uh, roughly how many farm auctions did you have last couple of years? So we've been averaging about 10 to 15 farm auctions a year, yeah. uh, roughly, and uh, most of them have been in, in Ohio, but uh, we've been to West Virginia a couple of times and Indiana a few times as well, but uh, mainly two, three hours from home and, right. and uh, you know, selling uh, great equipment. And we've done some fertilizer equipment auctions too for some co-ops and and some of that stuff. And then of course that's led into some real estate as well. But, uh, right. but uh, yeah. No, Kevin, you, uh, <clears throat> pretty interesting here. You, you and your wife, Megan own uh, another company, showpig.com. Yes. And mm -hmm. it's, uh, go check it out folks, showpig.com. It's an amazing website. If you're in the industry, I'm sure you already know about it. But for a guy like me, who's been focused on the machinery side to get to looking at that, Kevin, that is, that's a really vibrant website. <laughs> Tell us about how that got started, how it's grown, and what it is today. Okay, sure. So uh, we had some friends of ours that back when the website craze kind of first started in the late 90s uh, in through there, they had uh, purchased a domain name for showpig.com. And basically it was set up to where breeders would have an opportunity to pr promote their animals. Maybe they'd be having a live auction or something and they could put pictures up and that kind of stuff. Sure. And, so this friend of ours had told us that we needed to buy it because he no longer wanted to carry it on and, and he wasn't really that interested. And quite honestly, I'm not sure he thought it would really grow. Uh, and so uh, we took kind of a gamble and uh, we bought the company, bought the domain name and instantly started changing a lot of things. So mm -hmm. like one of the things, uh, they didn't have a message board on there where people communicate. They weren't doing e-blasts. They weren't collecting email addresses. You know, mm -hmm. it, it was just kind of more like an online magazine is really what it was. And sure. so, uh, so we instantly added a message board where people could uh, interact on certain topics and, and uh, with each other and then uh, added collecting email uh, lists. And I think we've got over 20,000 email names now over the years wow. that we've collected where we can, you know, use that in, in publishing um, uh, our wares of the company. And then in 2004, um, I had been an avid kind of an eBayer. I was on eBay buying signs. You've seen some of the stuff yeah. in my office. And Very so, cool. uh, so we enjoyed that. And uh, I always thought selling livestock online had a possibility and I thought it'd be home running cattle. I wasn't sure it would work in pigs. Hmm. And uh, so we started out, we were fortunate to have a couple of the bigger breeders in the United States kind of support us and uh, it's kind of taken off. And uh, now it's kind of a, a big yeah. animal. How many, in terms of online auctions, run through showpig.com in 2019, how many roughly was it? So, so just a little over 1,300 online only auctions. 1,300 online auctions last mm -hmm. year? Yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yep. How, how are you able, with, with the Wendt Group here in your business, how are you able, showpig.com, how can you manage all this? So we have a really good, a really good structure. And so one of the things with our company, like, um, why I think we grew really fast in the online arena was I, I was already in that segment as a live auctioneer. So people yeah. knew me, they knew the name, right. they trusted what we did. And so when we jumped into the online arena, it was like, okay, this isn't so scary now, right. you know, of doing that. And, and you weren't just a pure tech player. Right, exactly, right. yes. And so, uh, so that really benefited us. And then over the years, we've always tried 
to just hire the best talent available to work for us. And so we have uh, what we call auction managers or project managers. We have uh, one young lady that lives in California. Uh, we have another one in Indiana. We have uh, a couple in uh, Ohio. We used to have a lady in Michigan that worked for us. So mm -hmm. it's a it's also a job where they can work from home. They can have a family because uh, a lot of it in, entails you know nighttime or working on the right, computer. You right. can be mobile uh, and that and that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So it really kind of fits you know that mold. But uh, and then we have some bricks and mortar staff like the folks you've met here today that right. work in our office here. But we really are more of a, a remote kind of company. Um, right. And then we're constantly using uh, interns uh, that are at different universities. And then some of those interns over the years end up being full-time employees because yeah. we, we learned they've got, a, if, if they've got a good work ethic when they're in right. college, they're going to be pretty good when they graduate. Did I see on your website, uh, showpig.com, Kevin, you have like four or five interns right now? Yes, exactly. Yep. Wow. Yep. And so they work for us uh, on a kind of an as-needed basis, uh, depending on the auction volume. And okay. uh, so we used to be pretty seasonal. We're not as seasonal anymore. Uh, the industry's kind of changed uh, some. But What it, did the seasonality used to be? So it used to be we would start selling uh, pig sales. Online pig sales would start about the first or second week of March and then kind of end up uh, in May. And then we go into a bread guilt season from kind of July and August, kind of restart again in October and November. Well, now, like those same sellers are starting, we've got some online auctions today right now that are for mm -hmm. shows that will be in June. So it's moved up about a month and a half uh, quicker into the year. And again, I'm, I'm sort of <clears throat> a machinery on the brain guy yes, here, Kevin, but sure. tell me now on an online auction, showpig.com, this is basically the seller, the breeder uploading. Yes. So the seller or breeder, uh, they would upload uh, their photos and their information. Now, if they're not tech savvy, then again, we have agents that can do that for them. Boots but, on the ground. Yep. But so for, to speak. for the most, yeah. But for the most part, they can, once we kind of walk them through it the first time or two, they can get it done. And the other nice thing about that is if, a, and you know, dealing with farmers on the machinery side, a lot of them are night owls. I mean, they work all day, they come in, you know, they're going to get on their computer, they're going to do stuff. So right. they can send us pictures and, and that kind of stuff. But years ago, that's why we had a, an agent, Stacy, in California, is mm. because. My Midwestern people would come in and then they could send her stuff. Ah. She'd have it up the next morning. Nice. You know, so, but now we've got technology with our new software where they can upload their own pictures. They can upload their own data. They can check after their auction. They can see when their items are sold. They can see who's paid. Uh, it's, it's really, you know, they can do it in the palm of their hand with the phone. It's amazing. And I, I was really uh, eyes open when I visited your site, showpig.com, Kevin, mm -hmm. the the different aspects, like you referenced the discussion board. This is a very active group. Mm -hmm. I saw numerous messages on there from yesterday and today, different topics. Uh, you, you create a community along with the business aspect of the buying and selling. Right, yeah. So that, that allows uh, folks that uh, are new to the industry, especially where they feel like they can go on that message board, they can ask a question. Safe place. Uh, you know, real safe place. They know they're going to get a good solid answer or right. someone that has experience, you know. Right. Unfortunately, when you're dealing with livestock, my dad always said, if you have livestock, you're going to have dead stock. And so there's always, you yeah. know, uh, trouble in the farrowing house. What do I do? You sure. know, my, my barrel that I'm going to show it at the state fair isn't eating. What do I do? You know, those kind right. of things. And so right. it's a safe place. But um, a lot of people will say to me, you know, hey, I bet the current hog market is affecting your business. Really doesn't affect our business. I mean, we deal with the show world, people that are showing at county fairs, state fair, okay. national shows, and all those things. And over the years, Pete, we've done some surveys and 
most people, their most important show is is still their county fair. Sure. I mean, they sure. want to win that local down the road fair. Right. And, and uh, so it's important. Local is still important. Still important. Right. Well, yeah. Kevin, you, you have quite a experience on your, your auction career on the livestock side. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, a, I'm always talking to you on the machinery side, but yep. tell us there on the livestock side how what you've done over the years. So when, when I got started, I, I uh, when I was nine years old, I went to a livestock auction and the auctioneer was Merlin Woodruff. And I told my dad, that's who I wanted to be like. And uh, he said, well, if you're going to be a good auctioneer, you better be a damn good auctioneer like him. And and he was he was he was awesome. But, um, you know, I. He was a role model that I looked up to. Dan Baker in Indiana, another role model that I looked up to, that those guys were professional. They were great bid callers, but they also knew how to handle the audience. And so, you know, I would tell you when I first started, I thought I was only probably going to sell livestock my entire career. Mm -hmm. But then I was fortunate enough to work with some other companies that had machinery and real estate. Got to work for them, got to work for some national companies doing some things and and being involved in it. And it really has made me grow in my career and kind of stretch what I could do. But uh, I'm fortunate where I still sell a lot of the national livestock auctions in uh, Shorthorn Cattle and uh, Duroc and Hampshire Pigs, Berkshire Pigs. And so, which I still love to do it because it's kind of my outlet, Um, but um, it's very enjoyable. And then it also does connect, you know, with the machinery. I mean, I'll, I'll run into people at uh, Denver at the National Western Stock Show, and they're like, "Say, hey, I, I saw you on Machine Repeat TV last week, you know, or something." So, selling yeah. the heck out of that twelve forty corn planter. <laughs> yeah, that's the twelve forty. What'd exactly you get out of that right. thing? Like, I think that was like fourteen hundred dollars or fourteen. Yeah, it was... I liked how when you were selling it. Uh... <laughs> You said this might be machinery Pete's pick of the week. <laughs> exactly. You knew it was going to be. I knew it would be. Uh, but you, yep. so you didn't grow up with an auction element in your family. No, my my dad would attend auctions and uh, buy livestock, you know, normally, and he'd go to the occasional farm sale. But uh, but I'm I'm a first generation auctioneer. But I, I was kind of like a sponge. I mean, I would. Uh, I still remember when I was in high school, I'd have my mom drive me to livestock sales and, yeah. and we wouldn't necessarily buy anything, but I wanted to hear the auctioneer. I wanted yeah, what to, was it you know, as a, as a nine year old kid or then up through high school that had such a hold on you? Yeah. For me, it was just the, the, the thrill of the event and then just the way, the way that the animals were traded, you know, back then, uh, you know, there would be production sales okay. where, uh, hog breeders would sell their animals that each mm-hmm. each one would have three four sales a year you know when now there's one production sale in the united states wow. a live production sale the rest are either shows or they're sold online or you know so that's changed in 35 years yeah. uh you know 40 years yeah. but um so for me it was just the the excitement you know of the auction and just the way uh, the way it was traded and, and i was blessed to be the Merlin Woodruffs, the Dan Bakers, you know, those people that were in our industry, they did most of the auctions. So right. I just kind of grew up with Steve Andrews, another one who you know yeah, from Steve's the equipment side. You know, those were those were the the pioneers that I got to work with. And so, so you now you trying to remember, Kevin, your your dad knew this passion of yours, but he kind yes. of advised you to go to college first? Yes, he did. So I wanted to be a farmer. My dad had 230 acres and I thought, hey, I'm going to farm the 230 yep. acres. I'm, I'm maybe going to have an auction license and do stuff 60 yep. miles from home. And yep. and my dad encouraged me to go to Ohio State and, and get a degree. And he said, hey, a farm is a great place to raise your family. But you know, he said, I'm not sure in the future, you know, that this size and scope and everything right, else. Right. And my dad went through the late seventies, early eighties. And, yep. and so it was a great learning experience. It was hard. It was hard on our family right. to see 
him lose his farm and you know all of that stuff but it, it's it's made me a stronger person i know that and then especially my connections going to ohio state just broadening all of that what was your major at ohio state so i majored in animal science i started out in ag ed i wanted to teach ag okay. so i had a really good ag teacher he's very influential in my life yep. um who was that his name was gary bauer and uh and in fact his daughter is my son's music teacher at our school in dublin now oh, which 200 miles from there but and where you grew up so, uh, so i grew up in monroeville which is up by lake erie up by sandusky Okay. And, uh, you know, very small community. We had a, a John Deere dealer in our town, Midway Farm Center. And then it was before that was Albright's. Oh. Um, but it's no, now it's a truck. A trucking uh, business but uh, what kind of equipment did you have on your farm when so you so our farm we had a little bit of everything but my dad was pretty much John Deere I mean okay. he uh, I still remember when he uh, bought a, a 4020 he brought a 4020 and a five bottom plow for five thousand dollars it was used okay. and he traded in our farm all super M and one red to green remember huh? yeah I remember that that was in uh, that would have been like in 77 so okay. I was you know 10 or 11 years yeah. old and uh, I still to this day I would like to buy a 4020, uh, but it just seems like at auctions that I'm around. You're bring, selling them for too much. They, yeah, they bring too much money. So. <laughs> wow. Well, that's uh, it's interesting. Now, also, when I was looking at showpig.com, Kevin, I got to say I was I was struck by by two things. I want to uh, ask you about both of them. One was that you and your wife, Megan, who was involved mm -hmm. with you in the business, you created uh, a camp for kids from all over the country. Yes. Uh, uh, why don't you tell us when the name of the camp again is? Yeah, so it's uh, showpig.com all-star camp. All-star camp. Yep. Okay. And so uh, we've created this all-star team, team of all-stars within the within the industry. And we started about seven years ago. And students uh, have to fill out an application. So it's not a it's not a sign up and send your money in. It's right. you have to fill out an application. You have to have some references. Have to have a teacher, you know, kind of kind of back you up. And we typically have 70 to 80 of those applications come in and then usually about 30 to 35 make the camp. And uh, the first two years we were at a high school in West Virginia that was really progressive, doing a lot of things in meat science. Uh, and then the difference with our camp compared to other camps, a lot of the other camps in the in the show pig industry are based around the show ring, based around uh, showmanship, clipping your pig, feeding your pig, all of that right. stuff. Ours is really based around leadership. Uh, so it's really more of a leadership camp. We kind of stretch them to think a little differently, kind of think outside the box. We stretch them to go back to their communities and do something different. Uh, we stretch them to help others, you know, in the in the in, in the pig industry, and and kind of coach them and work them up through that. Wow. And uh, and one of the other cool things we do is we basically take a pig from from inception, from the time it's born, all the way up through harvest, and show them those different stages. Mm. Uh, even clear up to the last day where they actually, you know, are tasting the product. Right, right. And uh, so uh, wow. it's really neat. We've been blessed to have several people that want to be involved with our camp. We bring in industry reps to come teach at the camp. Uh, we use some professors at uh, different universities to help with the mm -hmm. camp as well. And then my staff, uh, I mean, it's, they just, they love it. I, mean, I can we, tell they're passionate it. about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And how many days is the camp? So camp is typically about five days. Okay. And then like our leadership team will come in a day or two before that. And some of those are campers from the previous year. Okay. Um, and then uh, they're here for four or five days. And, and basically, I mean, we don't let them use their cell phone a lot when they're ah, at camp. I mean, okay. we, uh, we kind of tell them, hey, yeah, there's certain times you can. But, hey, you need to kind of shut that off to really sure. focus in on what you want to do. And we teach them about goal setting, about 
time management, about, you know, just being good. Great good, life good skills. Stewards. Exactly. Go yeah. back to your community and be a better, yeah. be a better neighbor. Exactly. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, Kevin, I, I'm, I'm just struck because I, I know how busy you are building out your auction business, the mm-hmm. plus showpig.com. Mm-hmm. How did you have time to, what made you and Megan decide that, that this was a good way to give back? So my, my wife and I, we were fortunate when we first got married, the church we were involved with, you know, when you're the youngest, what do they do? They put you in charge of the youth program, right? Sure, so, sure. so they asked us to be in charge of the youth program. And so we've always been passionate about that. And then, then me, from my aspect, going, uh, growing up in agriculture, I always had other people helping me. Mm-hmm. I mean, at fairs or at shows, or I mean, I, I was always someone to go just start asking questions and ask people how you do it. And, hey, can I come help you at your sale, set things up or, you know, different things, whatever. Right. So so, um, so I've always wanted to be able to give back, too. And this is a way where we feel we can give back. And then my wife, Megan, is very passionate about that development and tying those pieces in that it's the pigs are a vehicle to kind of get you there. Sure. But it's everything else that you're going to take with you you know, the rest of your life, regardless of where you go. And so, um, so that's kind of how we got involved. Okay. And then we've been able to, whether it's showpig.com, whether it's my land and ag business, really anything, we've always been able to hire really good people that can help us and work for us. And we give them the freedom. We're not micromanagers. Yeah. We give them the freedom to feel like, you know, it, it's, yeah, it's the went group it's the name, but it's really them, you know, they're right. the people involved. And, and, uh, so we've been blessed to just have good people that work for us and carry out what we want. I was looking at your website, Kevin, and you, uh, I think you had five core values of mm-hmm. the business. I know yes. family was yes one of yes. the main ones. There. Yeah. So family first, uh, we think is important. Um, and, and a big part of that is, you know, when you, when you own your own business and you're an entrepreneur, just like you are, um, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time, takes a lot of effort. You're on the road, you know, all those things, but it's like, okay, how can, what can I do with my family? What can we do? You know? So like we, as a company in our, in our ag business, we try and stay within a few hours of home. So if I want to be home to see my son's baseball game, I can probably do a 1030 equipment auction, you know, on a Thursday and, and and catch his game if I want to. We don't know. get any do-overs on the being mom and dad, do we? No, we sure don't. And so so that's been an important part of it. Um, the other part is, and, and I would say this is where my wife is very good, um, is just being intentional about things. And, and sometimes you have employees, you have to tell them, you know, Andy's one of them in there, you know, you need to take a vacation. She works too hard. You need, you need yeah. a few days off, you yeah. know? Um, but you know, those are the, those are the kind of people we're around and, and, and they love what they're doing. They love what Passionate, they're doing. Right. And, and, and that's agricultural people as yes. a whole. Right. I mean, and so those are the kind of people we like to work with right. and, and those, and, and that's really why they've been a blessing to well, us. Well, I was scrolling through uh, information on your all-star camp, Kevin, on your website, showpig.com. I was struck by it. The, some of the feedback from the kids mm-hmm. who've been through the camp and yes. my goodness, yes. the testimonials uh, speak to that when they, they come. And I imagine they don't know these other kids, right? The transformation you probably yeah. see there, I'm guessing it, it, it is. It's amazing. And our team, we, we kind of sit back and watch them because we, we know what the camp's going to be like at the end, you know, and some of our leadership that's there, they do too, but we tell them, Hey, you know, it's, it's, you know, let them kind of work it out. Right. Each group kind of takes on its own kind of look and, 
you know, the first day they're trying to get to know each other. You know, we, I know a few years ago, we had a young man from Arizona. Well, he was the only person from Arizona. He didn't really know anyone else, but what was really kind of cool, his dad knew one of our guys that worked in our land and ag division, Wesley wow. Black. Okay. And sure. so like by day two of the camp, the kid come up to me and says, well, do you know Wesley Black? I'm like, yeah, he works for me. He's like, well, my dad knows him. So then he instantly just felt a little more comfortable at home, yeah. you know, but, uh, so you see that. And then you see just the bonding of these young people of them coming together, sharing those values, working hard. I mean, we do, uh, we do community service at our camp. I mean, we, we go to a park or we go somewhere and do some actual work to where they're working together. And you can learn a lot about a person when you're working right next to them. Community you know? service. Oh, that's interesting. You wouldn't yep. wear a show camp i mean is, is that a, an offshoot of your and megan your faith or yes that... it'd be our faith and our philanthropy and just that you know we feel you should try and better something and there and and whether you have it isn't just always about giving money to something or yeah. giving resources sometimes it's just going there and working right you know and and what you learn about your kids or you learn about the person you're working next to or right. whatever you can just right. tell a lot about them and so well now on this topic kevin also on on the website showpig.com which again go check it out folks uh even if you're not in the industry but uh i was reading about i think it was called the hopewell project Hopewell project yes so this year yes. involved with uh folks in jamaica well, yes. just tell us about the, the project so this this has really been an awesome an awesome thing and and uh we we have one of our good friends, Adam Nigren, that used to work for me on our farm, and he's been a good friend of ours over the years. Uh, they have been doing some mission work in, in different parts of the world, Jamaica, Mexico, sure. different places like that. And so what we learned, and if, if anyone has been to Jamaica before, you you would you kind of know and understand the situation. You have the, the tourist area that everyone comes to that's really nice and beautiful and pretty, right. and all the people that take care of you there in that tourist area they live in an area in Jamaica that's not, not so, so nice. Not so nice. Yeah. And so one of the things we did, we were working with an orphanage. And what we learned in that orphanage is that they were having a trouble. They were having trouble getting a good food source. And they didn't have the money. Hmm. Uh, you know, they would want to have these kids for a snack. They were, you know, feeding them gummy bears and, and things like that. But there wasn't anything very healthy for them. They didn't, really didn't have a source for it. Hmm. So, again, having an agriculture background, we thought, hmm, how could we do this? So... Adam came up with this concept and, and Megan, my, my wife as well, that we would start chicken farms hmm. in uh, Jamaica. And so what we did, the, the first plan of those chicken farms is we would buy them 50 chickens. We buy them the feed for the entire six to eight weeks that it takes to grow up the chickens. Sure. They had to come up with the, the place to keep them and then, uh, you know, the work ethic of taking care of them. Right. And then they needed to tithe 10% back to the church and the orphanage uh, of the either the meat you sure. know of the chickens or or the the profit that they get yep. and then they had to take some of their money and start the next person ah. with a group of chickens and with feed and so you know the first few months it was one to two to three to 15 to 17 and then now at that orphanage they have freezers full of chicken wow. and then we did the same thing with a gentleman that had a charter boat uh, fishing service but he didn't have a good motor to go out and check his traps so no wait so so how did this guy, the fisherman with the with the boat with the bad motor? Yes. I mean, how did you get connected with him? So how we got connected with him, so Adam, who I'm telling you about, Adam is another person. Whenever you take a mission trip, 
yes, you're there about the mission and you want to help other people, but you also want to explore the local culture. So you need to go fishing. You need to eat uh, clam chowder. You need to eat conch. You need right. to see what's going on in the community. So he's a person that, you know, he would go in an afternoon. He'd walk down the beach or whatever and see who's fishing, strike up a conversation with it, whatever. And so he met this guy, Skipper, and got talking to him and learned, hey, Skipper doesn't have a motor. And, you know, but he was passionate about fishing. That's what he loves to do. It's the only thing he knew how to do. And so that kind of started the fire of, hey, if we could provide him with a motor, then he could catch his fish. He could tie ten percent again back to the. So you applied the, the same same concept, giving back philosophy to him. Yeah. Now, how did that play out? Unbelievable. Uh, when we first met Skipper, I mean, he was a, a person that, you know, downtrodden, beaten down, just not didn't have a smile on his face, would hardly talk to you, you know, just, just tough life, very tough life. Yeah. Uh, when we were back about 18 months after he had been doing this, this trip of, you know, pulling his traps and using the motor and everything else, um, shiny eyes, talkative, uh, you know, didn't want us to leave when we left, uh, asked us about what we were doing in our life. Uh, just, Totally different person. Um, he actually had a, a niece of his that he got involved with this uh, school as well. And just, you know, just totally changed his life because wow. he could do what he was passionate about doing, but he didn't have the money to buy a motor. And the other thing about the motor, Pete, when, when you, after you take the boat out and you put the boat up, he carries the motor back to his house because there's no security. Oh, you can't sure. lock it up. Wow. You know, so he carries it back mile and a half to his house and... You know, sticks to his house. It's amazing the things. things we take for granted. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, it's when you go there and you come back, you really think, you know, do I need all this stuff? Yeah. You know, I mean, it. Well, a couple of things, Kevin. One, uh, you know, just playing off of the biblical truth, it isn't giving that we receive, which mm -hmm. we know that, but you're actually, you know, applying this. So, the the people you've got, the Jamaicans you've got involved in this program, year two, year three, when you go back. Um, what's their feedback about being involved? Is it as positive as I'm yes, guessing? Very, very positive because, uh, because they now feel like they have a purpose. You know, they're working. Number two, they're blessing others. Making a difference. You're making a difference. And then number three, they're learning about others as well. Like, like we've had some folks that'll be like, Hey, that, that guy's an okay guy, but he doesn't need to have a chicken farm. I mean, he. Yeah. He, he won't end up doing the work and it it's not going to work, you know. Yeah. And so you get them where they're, you know, kind of taking care of each other. Sure. Um, the other cool thing, Damien, who's one of our great contacts mm -hmm. back in Jamaica, we've had him come to our Show Pig All-Star Camp. Oh, nice. And so that in itself is awesome. Then again, for our kids that are back sure. here, and then he learns a lot of things that he can apply there and as far as with, cause they also have some pigs there as well wow. uh, that they raise uh, on the island. Now, were you telling me, was it, have you had some of the kids from the all-star camp or your own interns go down to Jamaica? Yes. With the program? Yes. We've had a little bit of both. So uh, we allow, it's kind of one of those things where we allow some of those that want to go. And then some of our leadership team that comes back for the camps the next year, we, we, we say, hey, do you want to go to Jamaica with us? And it, it's a great bonding time for them as well to work sure. on some of the stuff back here, but then to kind of open up their eyes and to just see a different, you know, a different side uh, of the world uh, and to make a difference. So your your employees here at the Went Group and, and Showpig.com, they're they're involved yes. with both of these efforts, yes. the All-Star yes. Camp and 
Hopewell project. Yes, both of them. Yeah. So like uh, Michelle has been, you know, she's been to Jamaica before and, you know, Michelle, who we uh, hear on the phone. Yes. Who we hear on the phone when you call the white group. Love Michelle. If you come to an auction and get a number, you know, she'll give you a number. And, but like in Michelle's case, she, she has a real, um, uh, a service mentality, a, a real stewardship mentality. And like when, when she got over there to the school, first thing, when she come back, she's like, okay, we need to send them school supplies Hmm. and we need to make up boxes that we can send and different things we can do. Um, my daughter Riley, uh, she came back and started a, a thrifting business. So what she does is she goes to a thrift store and will buy $2 and $3 t-shirts and then sells them online on, uh, through, uh, Instagram. Sure. And then she takes 25% of her profits and sends it over to the school. So it, it just little little entrepreneurial things that come out of that that people get motivated. Kevin, you you guys are you're affecting people's lives in a powerful, positive way. That, mm-hmm. that must be pretty mm-hmm. cool to see how it's all developed. It's it's a blessing to us because you know Pete, those are the same things I've had happen to me. I mean, it, differently, yeah. you know, it's it's been in in the auction industry or you right. know, I mean, I I can tell you, uh, you know, Bev Bentley sitting down with me at the Ohio State Fair in nineteen. 86 telling me about Jesus and telling me about things that are different. And, and I mean, those kinds of things that just impact your life. And so we feel if we can pay it forward some, if we can help people, if we can teach them and bring people together and, you know, it just helps everyone in the long run. Well, hats off to what you guys have built there, uh, in our ongoing efforts, Kevin, that's, that is um, amazing. Now, if we talk, um, on the auction side, um, you're very involved in the industry beyond mm-hmm. the, you're again, it, as busy as you are building the went group and with showpick.com, it'd be easy or natural even to just be, well, I focus on my thing, mm-hmm. but I know you're very involved with the Ohio auctioneer association. Um, you also are an instructor. Is it yes. the Reppert school? Yes. Reppert school of auctioneering. I'm an instructor there. Okay. And then, um, what is that like? So the great thing about teaching, it's a lot of fun because it allows you to give back. And, and most auctioneers are willing to share. Um, you know, experiences they've had, things that have happened to them, whatever. And so um, I teach uh, livestock auctions, uh, internet auctions, and bid calling is what I teach at Reppert's. And typically four times a year, I'll go over there for three, four hours. And uh, the great thing about it in my sessions, it ends up a lot of times being Q&A a little bit sure, more. Sure. But I'm willing to share and I kind of give them some different ideas and things that, you know, that we do or that we've been successful with things that we haven't been successful with. Um, and then we, we are also open to that. You know, I'll have some students that have been three, four years ago, they'll email me or call me sure. say, Hey, I run onto this, you know, can you help me here? You know, what do you have an idea about it or whatever? And right. so, um, but so I, I enjoy doing that. Um, the auctioneer association. I'm a past president there, and uh, so Hall of Fame 2015. Yep, Ohio. yep, that's exactly right. So congratulations! Thank you very much. Again, another honor that I never dreamed would happen. Um, but uh, so the association has been good. We're also members of Indiana and the National as well. I, I'm not as engaged in those. I don't go to those meetings as much. But it, again, you just support them. Um, and then uh, a year ago, I was appointed by the governor to serve on the auction commission here in Ohio. I saw that Ohio governor is. Uh, so our current governor is Mike DeWine. But, yes. Okay. Yep. Um, and you're also the, the Ohio State Fair, I understand. Yes. Yes. You have a role you, yes. a number of years. It's kind of a tradition. What is it? You've sold the. 
Is it the champion? Uh, so champion uh, turkey, turkey, and the champion goat, and then the block of cheese. That's the champion. The block of cheese. Yeah, block of so cheese. what was our block of cheese champion in 2019? So, so in 2019, uh, that block of cheese brought, I want to say, 15 or 15.5, and they divided up amongst all the kids that are in the dairy barn that that do the breeding. And so of each of the breeds, they pick a, like a representative or two from each, you know, Holstein, sure. Ayrshire, et cetera. And... Uh, so yeah, the the cheese each year they've broke a record. I want to say since maybe '07, uh, wow. they just keep breaking a record. I might and, need some uh, video of you selling state champion cheese, I Kevin. Will, that would I be will, excellent. I will do that. Machinery this year. beat you yeah, we'll Now do I understand. That. Was it last year? You had to recu recuse yourself. Yes. Yes. Uh, because your daughter. Because my daughter had the uh, Reserve Grand Champion Bear at the Ohio State Fair. And wow. so at our state fair, the the market champions sell the Grand Reserve in the sale. And uh, which it's a little different with the hog show because it's actually ends the 24 hours before the sale of champions. So uh, that night at six o'clock, I called Virgil Strickler, who's our manager. And I said, uh, uh, I want to ask you a favor. I don't want to participate in the auction tomorrow. And he said, I am so proud of you wanting to be a dad. And, awesome. uh, and then I talked to John Regula, who, who sells sure, that sure. section of the auction. And then we actually asked Ronnie Christ to come. Uh, who's a livestock auctioneer, a good friend of mine, to, to work the ring. And so uh, wow. so it, it was awesome. And then being able to go through that process, Pete, with my daughter of and my family, my wife, my son, right. uh, walking out of the barn. What they do, what's unique, so you walk the pig out of the barn and then you walk up the midway to the auction site. Really? Yes. And wow. so you drive right through the midway and just seeing folks that have never seen a pig and they're getting their cameras out and snapping mm -hmm. shots and everything else. And for folks who aren't aware, aren't Ohioans, Ohio State Fair end of July? Yes, Columbus? end of July, very first weekend. The sale champion is usually the first uh, Sunday of August. Okay. Yep. And that's is a sort of downtown Columbus, is that where? Yes, exactly. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. Well, Kevin, uh, let's pivot a little bit here and talk about now you've been you knew when you were nine years old you wanted to be an auctioneer. Mm -hmm. You're about my age. We're pushing our mid fifties here. Uh, one thing I've really enjoyed about you and your company you're you're willing to lean into change and do things differently. Mm -hmm. I, I'm just curious your take. You know, it's we, the calendar just flipped. We're 2020. Mm -hmm. Let's say 2030, 24. Let's say 2040. Mm -hmm. Where do you think the auction industry is going to be at? Uh, just paint me a picture. You know. I think obviously with technology, you know, we're so technology driven. I mean, I think that'll play a big role and, yeah. and a big force. Um, and I, but I still think the underlying part of that is we have all the technology in the world, but if we don't have relationship and we don't have honesty to what we're selling, yeah, it's not going to work. It might work a time or two. Yeah. And you know, we've both seen auction companies jump in that. Hey, we can do this or we don't do this or, you know, yep. and all of that. And they make a big hoopla and, mm -hmm. you know, they last a couple of years, and, you know. Yeah. So, uh, so from that angle of it, you know, I really think embracing the technology um, and then being able to communicate and broadcast that out farther. You know, we're, we're learning with, uh, with pieces of equipment that we're selling, you know, farmers, if it's good, they'll travel. I mean, they will travel. Well, you build you know? quite a following, uh, uh, you know, not just Ohio, Indiana, Michigan here, mm -hmm. Kentucky. You, mm -hmm. you, you've had buyers from, shoot, all over the place. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And so we, and we've been fortunate, you know, we try and use a little bit of everything that's available to us uh, when the auction dictates. And uh, 
But, you know, the bottom line of just being upfront, I'll, I'll use an example we had the other day, and, and you're going to know it well because you promoted it out um, on your social media. So so we had that Agco Alice tractor that had yeah. a little leak, you know, a little yeah. oil leak. Well, we found that that morning when they moved the tractor out to line it up. Well, that was the Deutz Alice yes. 9150. Exactly. And so... Nick Cummings, right away, he knew about it, so he called Mayor Equipment, which is right down the road that had serviced the tractors, yep. and they said, hey, we can get you the part for that, no problem, but it's, it's a very intensive work to just change that out, about $500. Right. Right. So what's Nick do? We pull up to the piece, we announce it, hey, here's the part, we're going to hand you the part, if you want Mayor to do it, $500, if you want to do it yourself, you're on your own, but we're selling it the way it is. And that, I mean, it didn't affect the tractor at all. No, no, 29,000 bucks, the highest yes. one I've seen in 20 years. Check yes. that out on YouTube, folks. Kevin, thank you for sending me that video. It was yeah. awesome. But I noticed it was even on the online bidding description. Yes. So you guys, was that yes. sale day you went in and changed and yes. set it on oily? Yeah. So um, Nathan that does our internet stuff, then he went in and, and changed that. Uh, being able to, you know, right away. So as we find those things out or, you know, right. somebody tells you, hey, uh, something about it, we can change it, then it's up there and being able for people to use it and know, especially like through the, the online bidding platform right. uh, to where they know, you know, we just want to be as transparent as we can. And of course, the seller we were working for, same way, that's how that's how he right. rolls. And, and uh, uh, it's, it's impossible to put a dollar, to assign a dollar figure on what trust is worth. Right. I yep. mean, you, you built your business so, both businesses, showpig.com mm -hmm. and, and the Wendt Group so quickly and so strongly. And it, it just occurs to me that it's that's what it's yeah. built on and done right. Yes. But now, I mean, speak to that, Kevin. I mean, because that that's a daily thing. That's not like a one-off, right. is it? No, it's not a one-off. I mean, it's daily. And, and we even, we encounter it like when, when we meet with potential sellers, you know, it's it's the same thing. You know, they have to trust us that, we understand the business. Uh, we understand we're going to screw up. We're not going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. But if we are, we're going to be honest about it. Right. And what are we going to do about it? And, and we had an interesting thing with uh, with one of our, our newspapers. So Farm World uh, here in Ohio. So the northern part from Columbus North got their publication on time. From Columbus South didn't. And hmm. the only way we knew about it is we have an, the auction you're coming to tomorrow, Friday in Wilmington. Sure. That... People didn't see that. They weren't getting their farm world. So mm -hmm. they started calling Nick and Dale and sure. guys that work for me. So we called the company. Well, then the company learned that they've got all these newspapers sitting in Cincinnati. Oh, no. And so wow. not just our auction ads, right. you know, everyone's. Right. But so so that was a case where, hey, you learn about something, you figure it out. You know, right. what are you going to do about it? You call the company you're working for. You know, Farm World made it great with us. They're like, hey, we're going to send out some sure. new glass. We're sure. going to, you know, make it right with you guys. And we weren't really you know, pounding our fist on yeah, the table or no, mad, but it's like, hey, yeah. people expect that, right. you know, they expect to get, you know, their paper. But, and of course, with the holidays, you never know with, right. you know, we just come off New Year's. Right. So, um, but that's an example of where the folks you're dealing with, you just have to say, hey, some, we made a mistake. How are we going to fix it? How are we going to handle it? Right. Um, you know, we do that on the fly with our auctions. Uh, uh, auction we had last week. We learned the night before it was going to rain pretty heavy, so we moved some stuff inside. It, sure. It, it didn't work the best maybe for the flow of the auction, but it worked the best for the people that were coming to the auction. Right. And uh, so those those are the kinds of things, you know, that we mm. do. But, um, you know, I trust that the people that work for us, what they're going to do and the decisions they're going to make, and, right. and it all just kind of comes together auction day, and we all kind of 
swim in our own lane where we're supposed to yeah. be. Yeah. Well, I, so. I hanging out at uh, your auctions over the years, Kevin, and we we film a couple now for TV and filming one tomorrow. It, uh, it it's hard to describe, but it it seems to me like the team you built. Um, I can tell you've empowered your people to do their thing, mm -hmm. but then it, there's also an element where it just seems like teamwork is it's there right and it's i i don't know it until i see it and mm -hmm. when i when i watch one of your guys sales it just shines through every time beyond the blue coats you guys wear right you guys are <laughs> you're a functioning unit and it's uh and it also seems like you're kind of having fun oh yes without and a doubt. that's uh i've always appreciated that yeah. element of auction companies so yeah. i mean it is that purposeful? Is that just you being you or what? Some of it. I mean, I just, I like to have fun. I mean, that's now I'm not a, like, I'm not a storyteller. I'm not a joke teller. I'm not a practical joke kind of a person, but I, I find funny in certain things, you know, yeah. or I'll make comments about certain things. You know, we, ha I'll give you an example. One time you'll appreciate this being a college football fan. So, um, we, we had an, an auction, we had a cattle auction one day and it was right after, uh, what I call the team up north, which is Michigan. Okay, so the team up north they had they had lost uh, their game to Penn State, right. and so this cow comes in the ring and she is bellering and carrying on a mess. And so, <laughs> and so I said I said over the microphone. I know where I, this is going. I said over the microphone. I said, yeah, this is kind of what Jim Harbaugh felt like yesterday <laughs> in his press conference. So, and everybody laughed because majority of the people yeah. there are Buckeye fans, you right. know. And so things like that. But I think sometimes yeah. that takes the pressure. Sure. Off of the, you know, spending a hundred thousand right. on a tractor right. or you know whatever it is, and uh, right. uh, so yeah, from that part of it we do, and then you know when when we work an auction and we've got we've got some people that are very introverted, sure, you know that you kind of got to get to know them till their shell comes out, and then we've got some that are very extroverted, right. you know, too, and, it, and it's just kind of a nice blend of everybody, and uh, you know dealing with with farmers and with people when they may want to make a buying decision, you know, and sometimes you just have to say, you know, hey, there's really more to this. This is a piece of iron we're talking about, right. you know, right. Uh, well, like I said, I'm a big fan of your guys, what you built, Kevin, the way you roll. Um, and again, hats off to the giving back efforts through showpick.com and the Hopewell project. Now, if kids out there are listening and they're, you know, in the show, uh, the show pig, uh, field, and if they're at all interested, mm -hmm in in the camp what's the process do they have to apply how do they reach yeah out? so so there's an application process and uh they can get on our website showpig.com or they can on our social media platforms they can usually find it if they can't find it on there call into our office and we can get you hooked up you know the old-fashioned way by using the phone if you right. actually call and talk to a person uh but um uh, they can apply for the camp and, and send in that information. And, and typically, uh, we're looking at, at basically kind of sophomores uh, in high school through about uh, freshmen in college, just kind of the, okay. the age range, you know, basically that, that we're kind of looking at okay. for the camp. And the camp is growing. You told me you're taking it out to Iowa. Yeah, so we're going to go to Iowa State University. And uh, Jody Sterley, that's one of the professors out there, we've actually had her speak when we've been at Ohio State yeah. and West Virginia before. She is just a awesome person uh and uh so she's going to be one of the main professors we're working with at iowa state and so we thought we'd you know try a different segment uh, again of the of the uh of the united states and see what it's like out there and they're excited about us coming and and um uh, it's it's going to be another awesome experience well and it's going to be fun watching you sell those john Deere 20 and 30 series tractors tomorrow kevin <laughs> yeah uh folks again the the sale will be on youtube 
you can watch those by the time you're listening to this. But Kevin, thank you for the conversation. Thank you for taking time. And uh, thank you for what you're doing for the auction industry. And uh, thank you for giving back. It's beautiful. Hey, beautiful. I appreciate it, Pete. And the other, the other thing I want to tell you, congratulations on your 30 years. I mean, that's uh, awesome of, uh, been fun. of what you've been doing and what you do for our industry. And, and not only the auction business, but just the machinery business in general. But I know the auction business is, uh, our business is better because of you. Well, it's it's been fun working with the industry. And uh, yeah, fun to see where it goes in the future. Now, the one thing we got to have happen, Kevin, is we need my gophers and your Buckeyes. Oh, I know. In the that Big Ten title Big game, title game year. in Indianapolis. That so would be fun. We are definitely going to do that, and we'll go to St. Elmo's and have shrimp, shrimp cocktail. Oh, that sounds good, buddy. <laughs> All right, thanks again, Kevin. Thanks, appreciate it. U.S. Custom Harvesters Incorporated is an association of professional custom harvesters serving the needs of the American farmer. The U.S. Custom Harvesters is a dues-funded nonprofit membership organization, the strength of which is in its membership primarily consists of individual harvesters such as combine, forage, hay, and cotton, as well as related businesses like equipment manufacturers. The U.S. Custom Harvesters, we harvest the crops that feed the world. Become a member today. Go to uschi.com or call the National Office of the U.S. Custom Harvesters at 620 so there you go, folks. I hope you enjoyed that interview, that conversation with Kevin Went, one of my favorite auctioneers in the business. And a big thank you to Kevin and his great team out there, Amy and Michelle and Dale and Nick, uh, Nathan, the whole crew. They do an awesome job. They've been very helpful to our, to me and to our machinery repeat business over the years. Check out their website, thewentgroup.com or showpig.com. And again, hats off to Kevin and his team and his wife, Megan, on the showpig.com side in terms of giving back. I mean, my gosh, the all-star camps they started bringing talented young people from all over the country together, teach them leadership skills. That is beautiful. You know, we all get busy and there's tons of reasons not to do things, but to do something like that. And then also the, you know, the, the outreach project to Jamaica, changing lives down there again. Hats off to Kevin and Megan Went and the Went Group. And again, thank you folks for joining us on podcast number 13 here. Now, a favor if I could ask, if you would share this podcast with your friends, tell them Machine Repeat's got a podcast, they need to check it out. And also, if you could rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Boy, we love that. It helps other people find our podcast. So again, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. Uh, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And again, big thanks to our sponsor, Case IH, for their support in making this podcast happen. And until our next episode, folks, remember, every day is a gift and a blessing. And until next time, hey, I'll see you at the sales. Mm-hmm.